You're listening to the Forrester Technopolitics Podcast, inspiring commentary and intelligent insight from experts in the thick of it. Hi, everyone. This is Mike Walteri, Principal Analyst. Uh, welcome to Technopolitics. I'm here with John Kindervog. Hi, John. Hey, Mike. How's it going? And uh, John is in our security and risk group. And John, we wanted to ask you about your recent research about zero trust. Now, zero trust, to me, that means, like, you don't trust anyone. Is that what it means? It, it, it does mean that at a certain level, uh, but it actually, for IT, means we don't trust any packets, right? So it's not so much about people, it's about packets, and it's about how people use the packets. So when you say packets, you mean, like, from a network standpoint, any network traffic coming in should not be trusted. I mean, has it ever been trusted? Absolutely. That's the fundamental problem. We've had this term in our industry for a long time, trust but verify. Yeah. And that means that the internal network, those trusted users, theoretically are supposed to be verified, but they never are because that's, that's a hassle. So we allow these trusted users to do whatever they want to on the network, and those people actually breach networks quite a bit, but more importantly, any attacker who gets past our perimeter suddenly gets elevated to become a trusted user, and so they get those attributes of trust given to them just by their physical location on the network, and that's very dangerous. So when you mean, you know, we've, we've trusted people, so, th- so you mean like peop- employees at a company that are inside the network, they're on the network, they're, they're trusted, but, you know, someone on the outside has to go through a firewall? Right, yeah. Years ago, all the firewalls used to have a trusted and untrusted port. And so the trusted port went to the internal network and the untrusted port went to the Internet. But if you get through that firewall, which is easily done by uh, major attackers today, then you become a trusted user because the, the assumption is not every employee is a trusted user. What The assumption is every pe- bit of traffic on that internal network uh is coming from a trusted user, and that's a flawed assumption. Ah, got it. All right, so thus, you know, sort of this new paradigm of zero trust. Uh, How does zero trust work, or how would you implement it? Zero trust works by changing the trust model from trust but verify to verify and never trust. It's Mm. a pretty simple thing in that we, we assign all traffic the same trust level, which is zero, and then from there we can uh look at all the traffic, look at all of the the connections, look at all of the calls in the database, and see if they're doing what they should be doing, if they're malicious or not. And so it actually simplifies security significantly because we don't have to do what we've done in the past and, and say this zone is untrusted, this zone is trusted, these zones are kind of trusted. We used to have to make a lot of these arbitrary decisions on trust levels, and by creating a, a level of zero trust, we just treat each packet the same, which is what we should do because packets run across networks. People don't. I mean, it's not, I mean I, I, everything you're saying makes sense, but it seems like, you know, could there be performance implications? I mean, you have to examine all the packets. Uh, is there technology that will do this, or, or is that just emerging? I mean, is it, is it actually practical to implement this now? Yeah, not only is it practical, it's being done. So there are clients of Forrester who are doing it, but more importantly, there are 
people who didn't know Forrester was involved in this or created this idea who are doing it, who who we hear about all the time. So I've had people come up to me at conferences and say, hey, I read your paper. That made sense to me. I've always wanted to do it that way. Finally, somebody in the industry said it's okay to do that, <laughs> and so I built a network that way. And usually people are, are augmenting their their traditional networks with a zero-trust network to protect protect a particular data type. So it's evolutionary, not a rip-and-replace kind of thing. So, I mean, how much safer do you th- – I mean, is there a way to characterize how much safer a firm would be by, by implementing zero-trust? Well, it's hard to give an actual risk calculation, but by the very fact that we're looking at all the traffic is really helpful. Let's take – the Bradley Manning WikiLeaks example. Yep. Everybody's familiar with Bradley Manning. Everybody's familiar with the WikiLeaks attack. Mm-hmm. What was it? It was a breach of trust. He was on what's called CipherNet, which is theoretically the world's most secure network, but it wasn't secure from somebody inside who wanted to steal things. So he had access to every piece of data on that network, and he just started downloading it, and no one cared. He even went to the NSA and said, hey, are you looking for people who might be doing <laughs> bad things on this internal network? And they said, no, we're only looking for terrorists and hackers and all the things that come from the evil Internet. And so that's a great example of why the trust model just doesn't work anymore. And then we see all kinds of attacks, uh, these APT attacks you've been hearing about. They're actually, uh, they're actually attacks against the trust model as well because they've penetrated into the internal network through some sort of malware, through some sort of phishing attack, and suddenly that traffic is escalated to a privileged level of of trusted, and so no one looks at their traffic. And so we're looking at the wrong things. We're looking, it's like the man looking for his keys under the street light, not because uh, that's where he lost the keys, but that's the area that's illuminated. And so we need to illuminate the entire network and get that kind of situational awareness so people can know the real threats that, that, that they face. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that WikiLeaks example really did it for me because I know in just talking to people about that, they're saying, you know, wasn't anyone looking at the fact that he was downloading thousands of documents? Who would, you know, who would have the need to do that? So I, I think that really, that really hits at home. Well, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you something more, Mike. Almost all attacks are discovered by a third party not the the breached party. Mm. So depending upon who you talk to, it could be as much as 90% of attacks are discovered by a third party. And that tells you the state of things in m- most networks today. When I ask people, are you under attack? Have you been breached? Even if they say no, I'll ask, how do you know that? Well, we don't. Nothing's gone down. Everything's working. And you have to remember that the, the modern attacker is trying to keep your network up. We've even seen issue, We've seen examples where uh, the attackers are better at networking than than the victims. So they'll reconfigure uh, routers, let's say, or switches to uh, improve performance, so they can get data off easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and John, what are you doing to get this out there? I mean, I know you have uh, you know a few docs on this. How is this being received? You know, the, the reception has been fantastic, um, much more than I could ever assume. It, you know, it started as a quiet little idea a few years ago in a track session at IT Forum in Vegas. And now, last year, I traveled 176,000 miles around the world mostly talking about this. And so it's certainly something that has a lot of people in the industry 
excited about, and we it's it's the foundation for our security operations and architecture playbook. And then we've tied that into the data security and privacy playbook. So we have an entire strategy for protecting uh, data using zero trust. Mm -hmm. Well, I've, you've just inspired me to create a new title, the Chief Trust Officer. Well, we've created, as part of this, the Chief Data Officer. We think that's the person <laughs> who can then enforce the trust model in the right way because they'll be looking at the data. And at the end of the day, isn't this all about the data? Data is what gets us in trouble. Data is what people want to steal. And so let's look at it from a data perspective, and the Zero Trust model helps you do that. John Kindervog, thank you for joining Technopolitics. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, John. You've been listening to the Forrester Technopolitics Podcast. Read more about the technology fuel disruption and join the discussion at blogs.forrester.com.